Hello, sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to a special live State of the Union. I got my good friend David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. And we are coming to you post-USA versus Canada. Congratulations to the United States men's national team for defending their Nations League title and uh, going through Mexico with ease in the semifinal. And then, as we mentioned, just finishing up with uh, our friends to the Great White North Canada with also what has to be said, incredible ease. Um, I think the big winners coming out of this game, Mossy, and please uh, disagree if you must, um, have to be Gio Reyna, although the familiar territory of him being injured again, but his work in the first half you know, basically uh, put the game away for the most part, and he was wonderful in terms of his service, in terms of his availability, and ultimately in terms of his execution. So him, Balogun getting on the scoreboard, uh, which is why he is there, and had a quiet type of game against Mexico, but sort of uh, improved in this game, and obviously gets his goal, took it well, and that's what you want to see from, uh, from the attacking perspective. In the back, Chris Richards, who again has had this injury history, Nice to see him get in and dominate uh, against this uh, Canadian team, as I just uh, you know, was very snarky in uh, my tweet a couple seconds ago. Congratulations to uh, Canada for finishing first in the octagonal. But uh, Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? And it didn't go well at the World Cup and certainly has not gone well here, and they did not even look close to the U.S. All right, that's an initial cursory type of... Um, uh, type of reaction to this. I want to hear what David has to say, but I also want to hear what you have to say. If you do want to talk, just hit that little button. That little blue light will show up. It will indicate to us that you do have something to say. Hopefully you come up uh, and, bring, and I will bring you up one at a time. We can't get through everybody. We'll get through as many different people as possible. And then you will uh, come up and dazzle us with something. Hopefully it's something interesting. Hopefully it is something um, witty. Hopefully it is something uh, brief, because, you know, let's have an economy when it comes to this so we can get as many people in as possible. Mossy, thoughts on the uh, on the game and the result? Well, I'm going to start with the lineup. Uh, I mentioned the other day that the lineup that BJ Callahan put out against Mexico had a 100% approval rating on Twitter. Uh, this one, not so. Uh, he went with Brendan Aronson in place of the suspended Wesson McKinney, and a lot of people thought that was getting a bit too frisky. Uh, a midfield of Yunus Musa, Brendan Aronson, and Gio Reyna is the sort of midfield you see when somebody's putting together an all-time best 11 and taking liberties with positions, prompting somebody like me to roll their eyes and say, well, that's not a lineup that would ever actually play in a game. <laughs> well, in this case, it did play for the first 45 minutes. Then Gio got hurt. He brought on De La Torre for Gio at halftime. And then Leron brought on your boy Johnny Cardoso for Aronson. <laughs> Um, and I actually don't think the U.S. ever found quite the right midfield combination to exert the same level of control in this game that they had against Mexico. This game was more stretched end to end. Canada had some dangerous moments throughout. But in the end, the U.S. still won 2-0 because the moral of the story here is the U.S. was so much more talented than the two teams they faced in this Final Four that they could just out-talent them. BJ could take some liberties tactically, and they could get away with it. So... 
And look, if, yeah. you, if you shut down Alfonso Davies, uh, that's a big part of what Canada does. They switched him to different sides. Uh, I thought that Joe Scali did as good a job as one can do against a world-class type of player with incredible speed and ability. You saw Alfonso get frustrated at different times. But for the most part, I think they did a good job. Anthony Robinson did a really good job of reading when there were problems on that side and shifting over, almost being that last man. Uh, at uh, at different times. I do agree with you. I didn't think that Brendan Aronson staked his claim as a potential starting midfielder when it comes to taking potentially, in this case, you know, Weston McKenney's spot by any stretch of the imagination. We know that Tyler Adams is still down there. I don't think, I think the big question will be is where does Gio Reyna show up if and when everybody is there and everybody is healthy? These are good problems to have for whether it's BJ or Greg Berhalter going, uh, going forward. And I know we'll talk about that uh, going, uh, going forward, but, but this is, this is a wealth of talent. Um, and again, I think even in a half, Gio Reyna showed what he is capable of doing. And yes, you have to have some perspective and recognize that it was against, like we said, a, a Canadian team that was certainly not very good uh, on the night, but you only play what's in front of you. And said the same thing against Mexico the other day. It's not any of these players' fault that they were playing against a team uh, like that. And what happens to Gio Reyna if and when the U.S. doesn't have this type of uh, ball possession, if it doesn't have this type of confidence and comes up against an elite team and a team that is going to dictate what happens as opposed to the U.S. being able to, uh, to dictate. That will be uh, really interesting. Christian Pulisic, kind of a, a quiet night, but still did his, uh, did his things and made, uh, and made his mark. And they should, you know, they should celebrate. We, we just came off Mossy today working the UEFA Nations League. And while this is still a very new type of tournament, it still means something. And there is a moment, you'll, you know, you'll see it coming up here, where the music plays, the confetti goes, and you get to raise a cup. And that, that is important. It's a little different than UEFA because obviously the Euros are coming next summer as opposed to Nations League final, which we have here. And we're just days away from the beginning of the Gold Cup. So that's a little funky. But still, this is an opportunity for this group of players and this group of U.S. players. And let's be honest, many of these are going to be starters if the World Cup was starting tomorrow to have that moment to defend their title and to have that moment, like I said, raising up of a cup. And uh, and they deserve it. Before we get to uh, calls, Mossy, anything uh, else to add? Well, and, you know, you brought your son to work today. So I got to watch you be a father on Father's Day, which was interesting. Oh, yes. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Yes, I, I brought him in uh, to hang out with the uh, professionals that I work with. I couldn't find any, but, uh, you know, you guys were very nice to him. So I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I wanted him to see kind of what happens behind the scenes when we do all this kind of stuff. We have incredible men and women that, listen, I joke about it, but the fact that you you all can make me uh, let alone Stu Holden, at times look uh, look competent. That's a, a credit to you and everybody there. Anything else, Mossy? Well, I, I do want to say uh, I agree with you. Gio was one of the big winners tonight, even though he only played 45 minutes. The other two I would highlight, Chris Richards at the back. Yep. He's somebody that we always thought would be good, but he could never stay healthy. And now we're seeing what a healthy Chris Richards looks like. I know you still have Tim Ream and Miles Robinson who sat out tonight because of a hamstring injury and Cameron Carter-Vickers added to the mix. But Chris Richards is going to be a difficult player to take out of this starting lineup. And then the other one is Balogun, who I thought was terrific, was really unlucky to only finish with one goal. And, you know, although he's wiry, he's stronger than he looks, and he can really tussle with defenders. His hold-up play was pretty good, I thought, tonight. So, yeah, he, he was definitely a presence. Yeah, and look, it was good timing. And I know there, there will be those that say, you know, yeah, Pepe could have done that. Somebody else could have done that. But the point is that over the last few years, nobody has done that consistently. And it still remains to be seen whether he's going to do that consistently. But again, 
We're basing everything off of what he has done from a club perspective, and it doesn't always translate. So it's wonderful that in the space of, in this case, it would have been one and a half games, it shows up what he is there to do, which is to score goals. And even in a new situation, new circumstance with new teammates, he's able to understand the, the mathematics of that moment. And yes, Gio Reyna understood the mathematics in that moment and the geography, uh, uh, geometry, excuse me, of, of that triangle right there and the perfect timing to stay on side and then obviously to finish it, which is uh, ultimately what he is there for. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's go around. Let's uh, let's get some people. Like I said, if you want to speak, just hit that button. The little uh, blue light will show up that will indicate to me and to Mossy that you have something awesome to say. I mean, I'll be the judge of that. But anyway, let's go to how about let's go to John Lane. Let's see what John has to say. Unmute yourself or forever hold your peace, John. Yeah. Hey, so I was just wondering, like, what you think to expect from this new era with Greg that, you know, they keep telling us we're going to have. Yeah, I mean. I think Greg's in a really, and we're talking about Greg Berhalter, obviously, is, yep. is a, in a really interesting position right now because, you know, while there's a, there might be a tendency to kind of strut back in, I think he recognizes that he has some work to do and he has some work to do to, and I don't know if it's regain, maybe for some it's just establish a credibility and a belief and a confidence from people that don't think that he is necessarily the right person to take this forward. And so, and you, and you see it, and look, again, Twitter is not life, but there certainly are those that would look at this game tonight and say, oh, well, you know, Gio Reyna, why didn't he start during the World Cup? And that's what should have been done. And this is obviously proof that Greg Berhalter has no idea what he's doing or, you know, or, or Chris Richards or blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. And that's, you know, that's an easy game to play. And it's not necessarily unfair to do something like that. But it's a long way of saying that I think Greg Berhalter has to come in and re-examine the way that he thinks about these players and this team. And yes, it's a continuation. And yes, U.S. Soccer Federation and Matt Crocker have talked about wanting to continue the work that got started. But there has to be a definitive type of evolution and change that we can all feel. It's palpable and that we can actually see on the field in terms of the players that are out there, what ultimately happens. Because otherwise, if it's just a rehashing, and the, and the U.S. is, if you see the way they've talked about it, uh, you know, optics are important, right? The way when they've gotten up in front of the, the, the public, the way they've talked about it is this is not business as usual. I don't know ultimately how that manifests and how it changes, but the way I would think it would is that it's a continuation, yes, in terms of the young players that Greg Berhalter has had, but you want to see, and I want to see, and I think everybody wants to see that progress so that ultimately it's not the same team. I don't think it, it, it can be the same team, but Greg has to evolve also. And I think he would be the first person to tell you that he can evolve and maybe it's easier to evolve now. Obviously, he has, he has the job, but also that this generation has grown forward. When I, when I throw the question back to you, what are you hoping to see from this team going forward in the next three years that maybe you didn't see and are concerned that you are not going to see from a Greg Berhalter led national team? I'm asking you, John. 
Yeah, I want to see these player relationships get repaired. These ones that, you know, we heard a lot about during the World Cup. I want to see that there can be, you know, uh, repairing Mm -hmm. done of them. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I talked uh, on air today uh, when we were doing the the UEFA Nations League and Landon Donovan was one of our guests and we talked about the Greg Berhalter situation. And I talked about how I think that as a as a country, we are forgiving. We don't forget, but we can forgive. And as I said on air, there were a lot of mistakes that were made and the price was paid by a lot of people out there. But I do believe that Greg Berhalter and and he alluded to it to a certain extent in his press conference, recognizes that there are bridges to be built and to be mended. And whether it's with Gio Reyna or, you know, even Pollyanna, I know if it's the, the Burhalters as a family and the Reynas as a family, I don't want the Reynas to be pariahs out there. I want them to still be involved. And I do say it is, even though it's huge, uh, it is, and at times dysfunctional, American soccer is a family. And I think we can all look at this and say, yeah, you can hold grudges forever and you can, um, you know, dig your heels in. And, but, you know, life's too short. And from a practical perspective for Greg Berhalter, I mean, you can look at tonight and you can, and not even tonight, but you recognize that Gio Reyna had all of this stuff not occurred. He would have absolutely been part of the plans and he is going to be part of the plans. And so you're going to have to find a way to repair that dynamic to the extent that you can. It's never going to be the same, but to repair it so that it is workable because you're going to need him. He is going to be important going forward. And as I said before, to the point where he trusts you and recognizes that if and when he's starting, it's because you have earned it and you believe that he's going to help you win. And if and when you're not starting or you're not getting called in or whatever, it's because it's not because of all the that happened before. I don't know how long that takes, but the sooner they get to a point where it is workable, both on the field in terms of that relationship between player coach and hopefully and I know I, I know sometimes maybe it's this. You know, this is never going to happen, but maybe even off the field where there can be a simmering of all of this craziness that is uh, that has gone on. I don't know if that's ultimately going to happen, my friend, but I hope that it does. Mossy. It is fascinating, though, as we talked about the other night, whoever the next coach uh, coming in was going to be, he was going to have a tough decision to make, because once you pop Tyler Adams back into this lineup, you have to take out one of Weston McKinney, Gio Reyna or Timmy Weah. And the fact that the coach making that decision is going to be Greg Berhalter and the fact that one of the players in that equation is Gio Reyna uh, with the whole context surrounding those two is fascinating. I mean, the next time the U.S. plays a big game, if Greg Berhalter leaves Gio Reyna out of the starting lineup, is he going to be able to convince anybody that all the drama was no factor in that decision? How do you think that's going to go? No, it's it's forever going to be part of... The narrative forever it's going to be part of the story and uh, and without getting into blame because i don't think that serves us anymore and, and as i said on air today there's so much good to look forward to but maximizing those opportunities and getting to the good that is ahead of us requires amending requires a coming together requires cooler heads requires a maturity even from a young player like uh, like geo and greg berhalter if you are what, what I think a lot of people, well, I believe that you are, and I think a lot of people do, or what people are skeptical when it comes to you, you have to be able to prove that you can find a way. This is the ultimate man management um, test 
for him. And he's got to be able to pass it because his job depends on it. He's been given those oppor- that opportunity yet again. And now he has to find a way to make sure that, and it's not that, it's not that every single conversation is going to be, hey, you're the best, or everybody's going to be walking on eggshells, all right? Gio Reyna actually is in a, in a, as strange as it sounds, Gio Reyna is in a interesting and almost a beneficial position because he has this built-in excuse if things don't go right or if he's not starting, oh, you know, it's because of everything, everything before. I don't think he's going to, going to use that, but as long as he keeps putting in performances like we saw tonight and stays healthy, and that's a big if with Gio Reyna, unfortunately, then he is going to get the opportunity to play. And he'd get the opportunity to play with Greg Berhalter or anybody else because they can come in and they can see that this helps me win games and this helps me keep our uh, keep my job. All right, let's go to some other questions. Uh, you want anything while I'm uh, getting somebody else up here? Mossy? Talking to me? Yeah. Anything? No, no. I mean, the, there's an interesting overarching uh, conversation that's uh, emerged in the last couple of days. I don't know if you saw the tweet that Taylor Twelman sent out. Um, uh, uh, we're still judging Greg Berhalter the last cycle. How how successful was it? And he sent his record against Concacaf teams, and then his record against non-Concacaf teams, which wasn't all that great. Now, I would argue the last cycle was an unusual one because of COVID, and then the advent of the Nations League meant that the regions were more walled off from each other than ever before. So, outside of the World Cup, any other games the U.S. played against non-Concacaf teams? were sort of scattered friendlies that uh, were hard to get a handle on. Uh, this cycle, they're going to have the Copa America next summer. Um, they're, they're playing a friendly against Germany in October. Germany is hosting the Euros, which means they don't have to qualify, so they have some open dates, so they could schedule a friendly with them. The fact that the U.S. doesn't have to qualify for the 2026 World Cup means they're going to have some open dates to schedule friendlies, and I think countries are going to want to come over here to play uh, because the, the 2026 World Cup is taking place in the United States, so they want to get the lay of the land. So I think we're going to have a much larger sample. And I'm curious to see because, man, things are looking li- really good. If you watch the last two games, you can't help but be super impressed by the talent the U.S. has. But I want to see what this talent would look like against an Argentina, Brazil, yeah. or France. Uh, so there is this sort of interesting question out there that, that we're going to find out under Greg Berhalter in the coming years. All right, let's, uh, let's take a couple more and then uh, get everybody out, uh, out of here. I mean, it's Sunday night. you got things to do here, and uh, there's only so much that we can talk about. Um, Rally Mullet, unmute yourself there and uh, let us know what you want to talk about. Hello, hello, Rally. Are you there? Going once, going twice. All right. Well, that's not going to work, so let's... Uh... Bye-bye, Rally. There we go. How about Garrett? Let's, let's add Garrett. Let's, uh, let's add Garrett and see if he's got anything to say. Hey, Garrett, what's up? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Uh, I, I, I was going to say, I just want to piggyback on sort of what Mossy was saying. I, I have, a, a, not to be like, oh, we, you know, a Debbie Downer after winning a, a trophy. It's important. This is something, you know, we are the, 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 the biggest kid in the block. We are dominating our, our region. That is something to, be cel- to celebrate. But it does feel like, there is a growing gap between us and everybody else and a significant one. Like Mexico looked washed yep. uh, the other night, like just, just like, like Sven Gorn Erickson era Mexico washed. <laughs> and like what my biggest concern is, 
we have Copa America next year. That's huge. That's going to be a real test for us. That's going to be here uh, in the States. We're going to have a real competition. What I'm worried about is what are we going to do in 2025? Who are we going to play meaningful games against? Like, we, we can't just play Honduras and El Salvador uh, again. Uh, I, I, there has to be. A, the, the, Nike, somebody has to come up. I don't know, get, get the Saudis, Qatar, whatever. Get somebody with a ton of money. They just host some bull tournament. Didn't, didn't it used to be called the U.S. Cup or the Nike Cup or something back in like the 2000s? Do that again in 2025. We need a real tournament against that's going to I don't know, test us. Like we just can't keep playing these garbage Concacaf teams <laughs> in in 2025. I'm sorry. I get, I, listen, I, I get what you're saying. And yes, the, I mean, the pendulum has certainly swung between U.S. and Mexico, absolutely. But there is still a gap between U.S. and Canada and certainly others. And, you know, this is, this is a, a wonderful group that we have going right now and we want them to do well in 2026. And the teams that they play is going to dictate how much they improve, how much they evolve, and then ultimately how successful, uh, successful they are. Look, if there is money to be made in some of these, uh, in some of these summers, and you mentioned t- summer of 2025 and these types of things, if there is space, any type of landscape to put tournaments, people are going to do it. To your point, if they're going to do it, let's make sure that it's the best co- uh, competition we have. You heard uh, Clint Dempsey on the broadcast tonight, and he's you know, forever harping on, uh, on that in a good way, in a positive way. I think he recognizes yeah. that it doesn't do the U.S. men's national team any good to play games against, with all due respect, uh, El Salvador, or, or put your, insert your team there. And at this point, if it's not going to help us even to play against, against Mexico because of how far they have fallen off, then we have to look elsewhere on a continual basis. You know, you saw tonight um, talking about the, you know, the game against Germany, the game against Ghana coming up, and there will right, be other right. games that are going to be announced, too. And you hope that they are the best competition. But there also comes a point where you play what you can get. And part of uh, Mr. Crocker, Matt Crocker, and Oguchi Onyewu, who was on the broadcast tonight, and obviously uh, Greg Berhalter, part of their job is to make sure that they do everything in their power, to your point, to get the best possible competition. Because they're not going to get it in qualifying. Yes, you got Copa America, and that's going uh, to be important. But leading up to that World Cup, you got to go wherever you have to go. You have to do whatever you have to do. If it's importing the, uh, the competition here to the U.S., fine. If it's going to other places to get those types of games, you better be on a plane and you better be doing that and you better be pounding the pavement and on those phones to make sure that if there's an opportunity to play a team that is better than the U.S., then you have to be first in line and make it worth their while to play that game, whether it's going to them or bringing them to, uh, to the United States, because that's how you're going to get better, that's how they're going to evolve, and that's how you're going to have the best possible chance at being successful come 2026. Mossy? Well, he mentioned the U.S. Cup. Uh, I believe that's the competition where you scored against England at Foxborough. Is that not right? Yes, that would have been, yeah. And, you know, those were created types of cups. But again, we were playing, we were playing at those times, we played against Germany, we played against Italy, we played against... Uh, England, uh, obviously, Colombia, those types of teams. So every single game that we were playing was against really, really good competition. And yes, we had sprinkled in their teams that we were uh, kicking, the, kicking the crap out of. But there, there was a recognition again back then leading up to 94 because we weren't going to qualify that we needed to go. And we went to two Copa, Ameri- two Copa Americas. We flew anywhere. And that was before blackout dates and stuff like that. So th- there's only so much that you can do. And all of these players 
part of the reason why the U.S. is so good is a lot of these players are playing in big leagues. They're playing for big teams. So they have to uh, gauge that. And even this summer, we're only going to see half of the team, basically, uh, you know, albeit a, a, an elite part of the team, play two games. And then we're going to shift over here in the next week and move over to the Gold Cup. And it'll be interesting to see how the mix and match happen and, and what the perception is of this team uh, through Gold Cup and what the expectation. I'm telling you right now, the expectation should be that the Gold Cup team should go through the Gold Cup and should win the Gold Cup. Mossy, anything else? No, I buy it. By the way, if I seem at all distracted during this space is JP Della Camera is blowing me up right now, asking research questions about the Gold Cup. So, so he's getting ready. Uh, JP obviously has been covering this tournament forever, and he's going to be with us for this upcoming edition. He's excited about it. We're excited to have him. And yeah, he's, tonight he's clearly busy researching already because he's asking me all sorts of questions. Well, listen, I, I think that you know, because of that, and not because you're distracted, but because you know what? I think that some perspective is in order, okay? It is Father's Day. I am a father. Uh, someday you're going to be a father, Masi, and you'll, you'll, you'll recognize all, the, <laughs> all the, the good, bad, and ugly and all that kind of stuff. But mostly it, it, it's good. To the fathers out there uh, and to those that, uh, that act as fathers, uh, thank you for everything that you do. Sometimes um, you, are <laughs> uh, you are acknowledged. Sometimes uh, you're not. I have kids. Uh, I'm going to go out and have a, a meal with my, with my family. I'm going to finish off this Sunday in the way that I started this Sunday, which is reminding myself and reminding others out there that there is wonderful things to look forward to. Does that mean that we have blind faith either in Greg Berhalter or in this team or in this sport? I guess we're in our country. No, but we do have faith and we do have faith that this team is going to give us what I think even in our differences of opinion is that moment, that moment of ooh and ah, that moment of pride. And hopefully it culminates in 2026, but there's going to be a lot of work that's going forward uh, before 26, and a lot of good stuff. You know, I mentioned Gold Cup, Women's World Cup, Copa America, the list goes on and on and on of wonderful things that we have to look forward to. So at least on this Sunday night, and then when we get up on Monday, we can continue to fight. At least let's agree that we live in interesting times. And as far as I'm concerned, we live in wonderful times when it comes to what soccer is and what American soccer is and what it can be. And we all might have different opinions as to what the pathway is to get to that promised land. But I think we all agree that we want to get to that promised land. And ultimately, I don't care who, what, or how we ultimately get there. We can fight. And then when that moment comes, we can all sing and cry and cheer, uh, cheer together. And the last couple of games have given me hope. The last couple of games have given me belief. The last couple of games have given me pride. I hope as we continue on through this summer when, we comes to, when it comes to Gold Cup that the same thing, thing happens. And then uh, to the point that we talked about here, more importantly, it continues on, and we have these opportunities to test ourselves against better teams. Because this team, I don't think we have even seen close to what it is capable of yet. And yes, it's going to be led by Gray Berhalter for the foreseeable future, and I hope and wish him well in, uh, in his endeavor. I hope that he evolves and changes just like anybody else uh, and any player out there, and that ultimately he has success as we go through these next three years. Because as we know, that summer of 2026, it can change soccer forever. And we have to be prepared both on and off the field. And I think that we will be, even though we have at times uh, differing, uh, differing opinions. I thank the folks that, uh, that joined us here tonight that came up. I'm sorry I can't get to, uh, to everybody, like I said. 
go out, spend it with your family if uh, if you got it out there. Spend it with you, spend it with your friends if you have there. I know it's late uh, over there on the uh, on the East Coast, but have a wonderful, wonderful night. We will talk to you again this week. We will have more episodes of the uh, State of the Union, and obviously we have Gold Cup kicking off next week. Myself and David, uh, we have. Uh, Euro qualifying this week, so we will be working over at Fox all week, but we will be uh, posting content and giving you the State of the Union content uh, that you know and expect. Until then, and as always, my friends, this is Alexi, and for David Mossy, size the day.